Hello, and what is up, my friends? This is your old pal Paul, and we are back with our 14th version of Friends Till the End. This episode of the show is going to be myself joined by another horror podcaster by the name of Aaron Sturdivant. He also goes by the nickname Sir Sturdy. His podcast, Horror with Sir Sturdy, is available on all podcast platforms. As you would imagine by now, anyone who has a podcast that you can't find. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. But uh, this one was special to me because uh, being that this is Black History Month, I hadn't really planned anything, and this kind of popped up out of the blue to get together with Aaron and do one of these shows. Uh, He and I had been talking for a while about doing something together and actually have a show planned for me to come on to his podcast soon. And uh, I just wanted to talk to someone that had had a little different life experience than me, like I often will try to do, and get a little bit of his perspective about what it's like to be a fan of horror that is a person of color and that isn't always well represented in horror movies. And there was just a documentary released on Shudder called Horror Noir, that covered a lot of this stuff and I 
had posed to him that uh, that he and I both watch this and have a little discussion that's not just about that, but uh, just kind of to get an idea of how other people who were a part of the black community that were either actors or creators or historians or teachers or whomever that were just fans of horror throughout time and, and see what they had felt about various movies and what their vision is for the future and what their wishes were for the past of what could have been when they were doing movies and, and kind of just, you know, some of the stuff in that documentary really is, is powerful because they talk a lot about what some creators had to do in order to get their movies made and, and how a lot of the actors who were in movies were just kind of stuck being certain typecasts and they had wished that they had gotten the opportunities to do other things like what we see in in more modern movies now that you're seeing more people of color more women more um more more gay representation and and even transgender representation and stuff and i think it's cool because you know as a, a white person i grew up with watching movies whether they were horror action comedy and I always had someone that looked like me in these movies and somebody that sort of represented my life to some degree or some version of what I could imagine a life being. And I never really thought about how other people must see these movies as a little bit, I don't want to say off-putting, but just in a way that it makes them feel kind of like an outsider where they're like, I love this movie, I'm a fan of it, and it doesn't really represent me or people that I know or people that are around me. Uh, the cool thing with talking to Aaron about a lot of this stuff is he sort of grew up with a lot of cultural diversity, and he was not the type of person that had had um, felt a huge difference until he got older between the races. As he was growing up, it was just, you know, his friend and... I think that's awesome. And I was a person that grew up in the suburbs. And I didn't really, I didn't really know any black people. I didn't know any gay people. I didn't know anyone really besides just other people that looked and sounded and talked like me. So, you know, I didn't have much of a perspective until much, much later in life where I was actually around other people. And I wasn't raised in a family that was racist or that didn't teach me to be accepting of other people. But it's one thing to teach it and then it's another thing to actually be around people and to interact with them and to know how to act right and it's something that I I wish I could have had more exposure to in the past but now because of how small the world has gotten through the internet and through platforms like podcasts and what have you streaming services you know the the possibilities of learning about other people are endless and I encourage other people to to try and do the same thing maybe you know, it's something that you don't necessarily think about. And that's something that we talked about with this being Black History Month. He said to him, like, Black History Month is cool. It's fine. It's great that they have this thing. But it's also not like, oh, yay, it's my month. I get to be, I don't know, celebratory or something. And I had expressed that I think it's it's something that's more designed for people like myself that like to kind of have this little reminder to point out that I need to take a minute to think about something else or consider something else and that was that was interesting to me to be able to 
kind of get his point of view on even that circumstance and to be able to share my thoughts with with him as well about a lot of these things and to sort of ask questions you know i i love doing these shows because whether it's somebody who has very similar life experiences with me that i can bond over the things that we grew up doing and how we've grown or you know like i had done with uh with our friend court psyops when he was on or to have people like desmond uh, when Desmond Peel was on and, and to talk about what his experiences are as far as going through, uh, you know, transgender procedures and, and the transition in his life or to just talk to different people that aren't like me or people that are like me. It doesn't really matter. I just want to use this opportunity to to learn about other people and to get to know people and to make friends. I mean, like we say often on the show that the whole goal of friends till the end is to come on get to know me better and then you are forced to be my friend until the end of time or until i kill you for not being my friend anymore so let that be a warning aaron just kidding anyways i will let the show do the rest of the talking for me here and i will just quickly say that if you want to check out other shows similar to us, we are represented on three other podcast networks that are all our peers and friends, and we try to kind of interact and work with them on some other stuff as well. We are a part of the Legion Podcast Network. We are, of course, a part of the Raw Live and Unedited Podcast Network, and we are also a part now of the Padded Room podcast network so please uh, look any of those up they, they all have a feed that will have a bunch of shows that will include us as well as other people and like always you can find us through all of the usual podcast aggregating apps whether it be apple google podbean we're now also on spotify uh, just search for who will survive horror podcast and you'll find us on something uh, you probably already know that because you're listening to this somehow but i think that will do it for this and also Please keep up with our social media on Instagram, especially we are really trying to grow the Instagram page and our friend Dario has been posting a lot of awesome movie news and trailers and stuff over there. So we always appreciate Dario's efforts. As you had heard on the last version of the show, he is our, uh, our silent partner in this endeavor. With that, I give to you friends till the end part 14 with Aaron Sturdivant. Shit, I be talking about yeah. half rapping ass motherfuckers. You think it's a game? You think it's a fucking game? Come on! And I'll be the best. You see the rest, they looking like they.
If I had to choose one, um, I'm gonna have to say uh, Ken Sagos, Kincaid from Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three, The Dream oh, War. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He was and in my, that documentary too, right? Yeah, which was awesome seeing him in that. But the the the, the best thing about that, I just met him in October uh-huh. at Scaricon, joking with him like the whole weekend. I was there going to a table, hanging out with him, talking to him, joking with him. Right. And then at one point, I was like, "Hey, I'd love to have you on my podcast." And I was explaining it to him what it was, and he was like, "I'll record with you." He's like. Do you have, you know, he asked me if I had my equipment there. I said, yeah. Do I actually have a ticket? He's like, all right. It's like, later on today, give me, the most I can do is a half hour. Yeah. And that's cool. And it, it meant so much to me because not only, you know I mean? He's taking time to come do that. Right. But he's taking time at a con where he can be making money, even though it's just a half hour. But that half hour, he can be signing autographs and making money. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Come over there to do this for free. Yeah. And I put him some fried chicken, which just. The, it was the icing on the cake for me. <laughs> I Perfect. told him I would, so I had to do it. But it was that was yeah. a really cool. Oh, definitely. Cool one. I've had a lot of fun on this podcast. So like mine, it's pretty much just like a freestyle show. As you've heard, it goes into a bunch of rants. Yeah. But I don't. I mean, everybody's episodes are different. It's just the way how we you know how we work. I don't get. We still bring it back to the movie. We still talk horror. You know, I have um like Rhiannon's like one of my co-hosts now because she's been helping me for a while now. It's cool having the fe- having the female's perspective on these shows. Yeah, absolutely. And just different. Like I, but the way I start. Well, you know what? I'll get into it when we record. <laughs> well, that's good. Why don't we start with? Uh, why don't you tell us about your show? Okay. Well, like I was just saying with Rhiannon, I got her on here and just at first I thought it was gonna be like just a one-time thing, mm-hmm. and then just kept you know emailing as far as coming on the show and all that and right. as you've heard she's been on the show plenty of times mm-hmm. and like with the way i first started this show is i never really had like a co-host so i always had like just you know other friends coming on with me and helping me out and right. they even became kind of co-hosts and then i just added a couple more as i'm recording with people and it's just 
I always had my shows like always open. It started as an open show, like anybody can come on, and I want to keep it that way, even right, though I have right. people that I can record with every weekend. But it's still cool hearing from a new voice about a certain movie or a certain horror topic, depending on, you know, depending on what we're talking about. Yeah, because I know if you go through your shows, you don't have where it's like like with our show, it's it's me and Marco every time. But then now we're adding people more often to where it's always the two of us and, and it's always you but then there might be a bunch of shows with with matt or with rhiannon or whoever else or like your brother has been on shows or mm -hmm. right so so it's kind of all over the place which i like that you kind of mix it up too and it's just it's fun like that like i had somebody on i actually had two people on the past two or three weeks mm -hmm. that i've met through twitter so they'll be on with the whole group and then i got these guys out in st louis from you know they have a store called the nightmare shop they're on about every other weekend and it's just it's fun because it's also cool like when everybody gets on you have like six people on recording at once sure, sure. everybody everybody clicks everybody has a good time with it there's no uncomfortable energy mm -hmm. like the way i'll start my show out is similar to what you do you'll get on you know get on the skype talk to the people for a little bit kind of get to know each other a little bit get kind of comfortable with everybody right, right and then just go into the show and i love it man yeah yeah i always uh that's the part that people don't hear is i always have a uh a good warm-up period before I actually start the shows as long as time allows for that and people oh, are yeah. available for it so yeah but yeah yep. it's 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 fun because you do when you, when you bring different people on like Marco and I started with just the two of us and we didn't have any guests for a while because we want to just get comfortable as a team sort of you know mm -hmm. and then we started to bring people on more often and it was like, okay, well, every like once in a while we'll have someone on. And now that we've been doing the show for a year, I was like, all right, we kind of know each other well enough. Like, I'm going to try and at least have one person on most of the time. Okay. So so that's why now we've, we've been really working that a lot harder with, with different guests and, and having some of these different people on. And when you start doing that, then you really got to reach out farther and, and meet more people because... Not that people don't want to hear some of the same people back over and over again, but you also want to mix it up. You don't want to just have the same, yeah, the same two people coming back on all the time or whatever. You want to you want to mix it up as well. So, no, I I agree with that. Well, I'm in the middle with that. I guess it depends on the people. Like if you're comfortable, say for you, for you and Marco, if you guys are just comfortable with just you two on there, yeah, yeah. That, and then if you're comfortable, just you know adding people here and there or what mm -hmm. I do. It's just like I've. I try to give people tips that want to start a podcast, but at the same time, I'm like, at the end of the day, you have to do what you feel is right for your for your show. Yeah. Because you can't, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. me, for example, me, I don't take notes. I don't right. take notes just because I'll, I'm, like, scrambled in my brain. I'm better freestyling. I know sure, I'm better sure. taking notes. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was at a, um, at Scaricon, I was on a panel, mm -hmm. and I was talking to a guy about his podcast, and he was saying that, you know, you should take notes, this, that, and the third. Mm -hmm. It was just... You know, I'm just like, look, it's that's really not for everybody. It's for, sure, you know, sure. just like the freestyle things, not for everybody. It just kind of matters how you work. Yeah. Well, I I have been saying on the last couple shows, at least maybe not always on the show, but at some point I've been pointing out that I um, I've I don't take notes for our movie reviews, but because we've been doing a more open conversation style as well. Mm -hmm. But what I will do is I'll watch the movie two times within you know whatever a week of doing the show. So even if I like one I'm watching and kind of like on my phone and then another one I'm like focused and just watching it, you know, but I try and get two watches in then you really absorb all the material. And I find when I did take notes that I was more 
like wooden. Like I was just trying to stick to. So it says here in my notes that this is about to happen. And like, so in my notes, I've, like I've, I'll find myself referencing my notes all the time. And it's like, I don't want to keep saying, let me check my notes. You know what I mean? I want to just talk. So that's exactly how I was too. I would take note you could tell them right. flashcard. And it went from that to just what I started doing now is because sometimes I'll do multiple movies in a week in the weekend. So right. I watch that movie the day of. Mm-hmm. Like maybe sometimes like an hour or two before the pod, I'll watch it. Say oh, for cool. two hours long, I literally start like two and a half hours before the podcast. I have a little yeah, time, yeah. Up, and I absorb it more. And then you know, and it's fresh in your head then, yeah. Exactly. Now my yeah, that's cool. My I brother like does take notes, and I bring this up because I've known him. We're not blood brothers, but I've known him since the second grade. Went to school together for a few years. I've never seen him damn near pick up a pencil let alone take notes <laughs> podcast he sure. takes it serious and takes no- but he loves horror like i do and it's just i mean i get it like i said for others it works you know yeah yeah well i, I will say when you do a more concise review style i could totally understand having notes or you know i'll listen to some podcasts where they will walk through the plot more or ones where they're citing a lot of uh, reactions from other people or something and obviously you have to have notes for that so great but uh yeah that that i feel like that works for me so that's interesting that you also don't take notes because i don't hear that from very many people most people i know do something i don't think marco does take very many notes if anything either so but you know it's just uh, whatever like you said whatever works for you, you make your style okay. your own make it comfortable for you that's the way best mm-hmm. to tell people about it. just make it comfortable make it yours and right so you, um, oh, I was going to say you started the show a little, like about a year ago, a little over a year ago. Yeah. Um, I, well, I started out with the youth with a, sorry, with a Facebook page and I would do like unboxings, like horror block and horror pack and all that. And just okay. kind of, uh, and then interact with the people on Facebook live. Right. And I kept saying, I'm going to do a podcast and it just never came. So my awesome wife, one day she got me the equipment. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like the mixer and all this stuff, she got it online, came with the mixer and the mic and headphones. And I was like, okay, now I can start a podcast. Now it's just a matter of who I can record with. And I started out with my brother, Henry, and my brother, Rob. Nice. Very first episode, quick, real funny story. We're heading up to Scarecon. I have I had this little mixer, never, or, sorry, a little recorder. I never used it. Never even read the directions. You know how we are as men. We just do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, just start, just start pushing <laughs> buttons. Yep. And that's what I did. So I was like, okay, <laughs> we're on the way talking to go. I got my recorder. Why don't we just record on the way there and, you know see what happens this could be our first episode okay cool so we i turn it on turn the thing on the record driving we stop one time you know use the restroom stretch and all that go so i turn the machine i turn the thing off go back on the road turn it back on drive all the way to the con have fun at the con come back home on the way home recording again mm-hmm. i get home i'm like yo i'm gonna get this episode mixed down i'm gonna send it to christian this that and the third turn the recorder on hit play there's nothing i was like what the hell happened so I <laughs> to read the directions and all this stuff. I turn a little machine on, turn the little machine around. I'm like, oh, okay. I see what I did because it's an on-off switch. Right. The record switch, it's, you hit it up to record. You hit down to save, which I never did. Right. So I learned my lesson, but I love that it happened like that because I say this too. I'm like, with that, it happened with two people that I've known for a long time. And it's like, they're not going to sit here and say, oh, you know, this guy invited me on the show. And he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, you don't want to embarrass not. yourself. <laughs> but it happens, and I tell people this, too. I'm like, listen, if you have a podcast and you have these mistakes, it's going to happen. Equipment right. messes up, technology messes up, and there's human error. It happens. Don't let it stress you out. Turn it into a funny story for a later episode, and that's... that's yeah, a- yeah, definitely. We, uh, 
We haven't had anything that was a total failure, but we had a couple that the recordings were just really bad. Like one, my first microphone I had had the short and the wire. Oh. And if I if I bumped it, then it would start doing this like kind of low humming mm -hmm. noise, like a feedback noise, like if you put a microphone up against an amplifier type of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I uh, I had to always monitor to make sure that it didn't happen but we had one show where it happened for like the whole show oh. and I, I was able to cut out the sound using some like like noise reduction stuff but then it also messed up the audio quality of of my vocal and marco's vocal track and so the whole episode kind of sounded shitty to me and people were like oh no it's fine you know but to me it was like oh this is this is terrible and then we had another one where it was just everyone was having bad equipment when we were trying to interview a guy and like his internet kept screwing up and mm -hmm. ours was fucking up. It was just just a nightmare. But I mean, it's going to happen. You're, you don't yeah. even if you have a real podcast studio and people come in and sit down, it doesn't mean that you can't have the internet crash or some other bullshit happen. So. Been there. I've even had one. This happened to me a few months ago. Mm -hmm. And one weekend I was supposed to record with Sam and I was supposed to record with my cousin. And it was also the week before Scaricon. And my laptop just crashed. I was like, what the hell? Really? Oh, no. But luckily, I called up one of my other cousins. He let me borrow his laptop for the con and all that, which I still have now. I don't use it anymore now, but I still have that. And it just sucked. But the cool thing was, like, obviously, my one cousin, he understood. And then Sam, I've recorded with him plenty of times. So he understood. He was like, hey. Yeah, yeah. And it happens. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just... <laughs> the, the time, the day of when that stuff happens, you're frustrated. But then after that, kind of shrug it off like hey, it's yeah well i think at the end of the day it's it's not it's not your job and it, i mean worst case scenario what is like somebody listens to the show and like oh this guy fucking sucks because his his audio didn't work right or whatever and they stop listening that person was probably an asshole anyway so yeah hey yeah, so fuck him. so yeah i i'm the same way <laughs> But uh, no, I, I think it's cool. You, you, I know you kind of started right around the time that we did because I know early on you and I had, had talked for a while just kind mm -hmm. of sharing information about some of the things that we had learned right at the beginning of doing it and some pointers and whatever. And then obviously time flies by and, and yes, you do yeah. 50 shows and I do 50 shows or whatever. And then it's like, hey, we should actually like, do a <laughs> show together sometime. And I'm glad we're finally so, doing a show together. Yeah, but I think you've been doing awesome. Like your show has been growing. You've been having some cool people on. You have a, a good variety of guests that come on, and and uh, it's been cool to just kind of see that you started around that same time as us, and you've had some some success with it. And not only that, but that it stayed fun. And a lot of people start up shows and then go, oh, this is not really that fun. They don't want to do it. But you also have the benefit of not having to do a lot of the editing like I do. So that yeah. that, that um, I know that helps a lot. And then yeah. I. Feel not with you guys, obviously, but I feel like with other shows, because I've been, again, I was on a panel, and one of the questions that we got was um, about making money on a podcast, and we just kind of laughed, like, if you're going into podcasting to try to make money, you're going into it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, I mean, until you get above, I don't know, several thousand downloads per episode, then you, like, yeah. no sponsor is even going to give you anything, so. Unless you know somebody. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's not impossible, but... Mm -hmm. Don't go in there with that kind of energy. If you're going in there to have a good time, just record with whatever the type of podcast is. I'll say horror because that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. Just go and go ahead and do that, and whatever happens with it, happens with it. Right, right. Well, and I feel like that that stuff shows too when people are doing it because they're like, well, this could be fun, but also we could make money. And I feel like it mm -hmm. it it shows more to some degree. Like I guess in, in a way, people might be trying harder if they feel like they're getting paid, but in a way, it also can lose some of its its uh, genuine feel to it as well. 
Yeah, yeah. Because I feel when you're doing something, I'm not saying you don't want to make money off your podcast. If I got offered, you know, if someone's like, hey, I want to put this ad in your podcast, we're going to pay you such and such. Mm-hmm. Go right and put it in there. Yeah, right. But at the same time, I'm not doing it for that reason. Right. It's just, I just do it. It's just a hobby. I love doing it. I love meeting new horror fans. It's amazing meeting horror fans, men and women of all different races. Yeah, yeah. Just the best part of it. And if you don't mind, I'll dive right into this. Like going to um, going to cons, like going to the horror convention. It's cool seeing other black people there. Right. Just because like you watch, you know, you watch horror movies. It's the same thing with comic cons too. You watch these movies and you don't really see like cause for me, I don't see a lot of people that look like me in these these roles. And if you do, they're in like a minor role. Horror movies, for the most part, not all of them, but for a lot of parts where you're dying first, or you're the you're the you're the the comic relief in these movies. And I'm like, okay, it's. It's cool, it's funny, but at the same time, I'd love like a serious, strong black role in horror movies, or you know, like a say if we do like a slasher, not necessarily Jason Voorhees, but it'd be cool if the slasher that right. character was a black character, but in a more serious role than mm-hmm. a lot of the other movies that are out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think um, uh, to to speak on that, I know that we had both just watched the documentary on Shutter that mm-hmm. just came out. Um, and it's something that I, I had heard talked about a little bit. I, I, I know some of that just from listening to other people talk or whatever, but mm-hmm. obviously I, I don't notice it until it's pointed out. And then when when I'm watching on, I'm speaking of uh, Horror Noir was the documentary. Mm-hmm. And when when they point out the history of horror movies and, and the roles of black people in them, and you go, oh yeah, I remember seeing that movie. And Oh yeah, there there was there was that that black family that lived next door and they were on screen for like five minutes or whatever or yep. you know some of that stuff you, you don't really notice that it's that it's done that way until it's pointed out because it's not you so much you know you just watch the movie and you don't you don't quite get it so yeah but I, I think uh, it's it's interesting to me to hear that from from that and then and then just to see the the movies that I recognize those things. And, and you know a lot of the stuff I wouldn't say is is necessarily a bad portrayal of of black people. It's just oh. so just more that they're not they're not getting the chance to be the main character or the hero unless they're they're dying to be like a martyr or something yeah. to save a, a a poor white girl or something. Yeah. So I mean, but, it, it, oh, does, go ahead. it doesn't really bother me because I do find them funny. Mm-hmm. And we'll make. I'm sure you've heard on my podcast. I will make jokes. I'm like, listen, if you put me in a horror movie, just don't. I don't want to be the first person to die. If I'm sucking right, up, right. it's fine. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's it, the thing is, is like with this documentary, I'm glad how it did shine a light so more people see it and kind of open their eyes to that because it's kind of like real life in a sense. Like as far mm-hmm. as, I mean, I've never been. I've been stopped by police. I'll say as far as just walking or just driving, not doing anything illegal, but just stop being stopped. And it's kind of like, what are you doing? Like, I'm just mind, you know, minding my own business, like everybody right, else. Right. And people don't really, people don't really believe that to an extent or understand it at all, even until they actually see it or they hear something on the news, like you know, they mm-hmm. jump like male got shot in the right, back right. ten times for whatever, which to me is just messed up for i don't care what color you are you don't deserve to die for you know certain crimes or just being stopped sure yeah, yeah the need to shoot shoot him in the knee shoot him in the leg you don't have to kill yeah him. absolutely getting into yeah. want to get too deep into that because that's too damn negative <laughs> right right <laughs> but but like with um but what i was getting at is like with the you know with the horror movies you know it's like a funny thing you know do you see the black characters die first and all that they're usually the jokey characters like friday the 13th part five you had demon Mm-hmm. He was in plenty of horror movies, and he always plays like the same. Another thing is they always play like the same roles. Sure, right. Kind of, it's like, come on, you can 
we can expand more. We've seen great black actors. You can expand their roles a lot more than this. Absolutely. And then I have roles where I get mad that black characters in where they do survive, like, well, Halloween Resurrection. I don't think anybody really liked it, but with Busta Rhymes in that and Tyra, right. just like, that's just too much. LL Cool J with Halloween H2O it didn't bother me that he survived. I just knew he wasn't going to die, which kind of bothered me a little bit. I don't sure, like... Right, right. This is with any race. I don't like big name. I don't really like big names in horror movies because there's like that slow guy. He's gonna survive or she's gonna survive. Yeah, or they're gonna die early, right? The like the Drew Barrymore thing from Scream. Yeah. Either they're there to die early or to to live till the end. One of the two, right? Yeah, and it's it gets kind of boring with that. And that's again, mm -hmm. black, white, green. I don't care. Sure. Now, um, as as a kid growing up, were you always kind of a horror fan? Did you get into it later on? No, um, I started watching horror maybe when I was about between four and six, I'll say, and that's just because I have my older, one of my older brothers, and then the older I have older cousins, and they all loved horror movies. Sure, sure. Like they're about set between five and eight years older than me, and you know, oh, I don't know if you have any older siblings and cousins and stuff, but being the youngest one, you want to do what the older kids are doing. And yeah, I'm actually the oldest in my brothers, so oh, you were the one getting followed around. Yeah, right. <laughs> But um, so that's what got me into horror. Like I remember watching um, Creep Show two, I believe, The Hitchhiker. That movie scared me as a kid. Like, sure, sure. Scared me so bad. We were watching at my aunt's house downstairs in the living room. She has two bathrooms upstairs, downstairs. I was too scared to go to the bathroom on my own. I was like, listen, I have to use the bathroom. Can when you guys go to the bathroom, come to the bathroom with me. I had to have one of them walk me to the bathroom, stand outside <laughs> the door until I was done and come back. And then, but the funny thing is with horror is you'll go back and go right back to watching the movie. Like nothing even happened, but then go to, when you go to bed, you're sleeping with the light on. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Other stuff, but you want to keep watching it. Right. Right. Yeah. I didn't watch as much as a kid of, of horror, but I definitely would watch stuff that was near that with, with a lot of action type stuff and whatever. And the same thing where the violence actually affected you to some degree when you were younger in the movies whether it was a monster or people killing other people or whatever and they're like god damn that's that's fucked up you know but scary yeah and, and you feel like you're looking over your shoulder and shit like you know what i mean but uh when uh when you were growing up though you what i guess i don't i don't know i don't know exactly how old you are but what was some of the stuff like from the time when you were growing up that were the um, the, the classics that you watched a lot um i'll say the the number one thing and this is what made me a friday the 13th fan mm -hmm. the jason movies was because USA Network and all the every single Friday the 13th they have the marathon on for okay. that but it was for that whole weekend so that's like one of the movies I've seen the most yeah yeah in my childhood that's when I remember the most and then like mm -hmm. here say like Creep Show Child's Play you know Nightmare on Elm Street the more of the big name ones because I didn't know about okay. all the other gems that are out there that I know you know know now and I'm still learning now sure sure and then I, I guess when you were a kid did you did you have any sort of feelings or, or any any trouble identifying to some to some degree with the fact that there wasn't there wasn't a lot of black people in the movies or just that they people that didn't look like you or didn't represent you or was it more just because it was a fiction and you were like oh whatever it's just in, in a different place or something honestly when i was a kid i didn't even think like that which i'm glad i didn't and i wish sure you just didn't i did because as a kid i mean as far as when you're playing with kids you just have fun playing right it didn't and ruin it for you as far as that goes as far as reputation in movies I didn't mm -hmm. really representation in movies. I didn't really understand that or pay any mind to it until I was like, maybe in my teen years was when I really started paying attention to it. I'm just like, okay, this is kind of crazy. Like we're yeah, right. in these movies like this or we're dying first. And the same thing with like um 
the Marvel movies and all that, you re- we really weren't represented that much. Sure, sure. And real quick with this, I was on a friend's podcast and he was asking me about that. And I was like, he's, you know, he's a white guy too. He's cool as hell. And I was explaining it to him. I was like, it's just, we don't, you don't see someone who looks like you. And he, he was like, I'd never thought of it like that because, you know, you always see the white superheroes and all that. Sure. He's telling me about, he has a female friend that plays video games. And she, you know, you finally get to make a video ga- female characters in video games. So they get to, they kind of understand it too. Sure. Yeah. And he was like, I, I understand, you know, it's like, I get it now. Like it, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's I've I've heard that about with with like Black Panther coming out last year. That for a lot of little kids, that it was it was significant to to little kids that didn't have that identity thing, and, and a lot of people like myself as well didn't really realize that so much until you get a, a full movie of it, and and then they can actually identify with somebody a little bit more. It was a uh, you know you get some like you said some characters here and there like you got. Uh, like Jamie Foxx being Electro, but no one cared about that, mm-hmm. and because uh, <laughs> that shit was terrible. <laughs> I think the best one we had was probably um, Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes' Blade, sure, which was yeah, good. Yeah. But with with Black Panther, I think it was more of speaking from me. You've seen a lot of positivity in that movie, with you mm-hmm. know when they were in Wakanda and all that, which was just amazing. Because usually in these movies, usually, and I'll say in a, in a, a quote unquote black movie. Right. You'll, see, you'll see some positivity, but you'll see a whole lot of negativity, drunk, drugs, guns, and all that other stuff. Yeah, and then it's like rising from the ashes kind of yeah. bullshit, right? You won't, you don't really see a good message with this movie. Yes, you had good and evil, mm-hmm. Marvel movie, but you still had like a lot of just like, wow, this is this can be beautiful, and it doesn't. And I, I don't look at things like race based either, like that, the whole Wakanda thing. I can see that as for everybody, like just everybody yeah, yeah. treating each other right and just you know, mm-hmm. but. It was just cool seeing that perspective as that. Yeah, like they they came from a place of already being winners. Yeah. And and not having to pull themselves up from from terrible circumstances or whatever. And they were really the thing. I, one thing I really loved about it, besides, I mean, the, being rich is awesome, but being really intelligent is so much better. And Absolutely. You, like they're like, um, what was I can't remember his name, sister, her sister. The sister's name in the movie, but how like all the equipment she made was like better than what Tony Stark has. And the... oh yeah, yeah, uh, Shuri, I think was her name. Yeah, there you go. That was just to me. That was just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And because not only was it a black character, right. it's a black female character, which is even less represented than the black male character in a strong role. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think it, it, now it's not um, it's not it's not um, uncommon to have this this type of thing happening now where people are really trying to push that through mm-hmm. and to try and give people more chances to not only star in the movies but also to make the movies because I think that was something too from the documentary where there was a few movies where they talked about that they actually had black filmmakers that got a chance to make the movie and tell the story the way that they wanted to tell it because there was stuff that they pointed out about how uh, like the the one that was interesting to me was what they talked about with Candyman mm-hmm. and and some of the people were saying like, oh, you could tell that shit was written by a white guy because there's no way that he would have been a ghost and then been hanging around the projects haunting other black people. He would have went and fucked with the white people across the street. And I was like, oh my God, that's, that's fucking genius. And I wouldn't have thought of that either. But it's, it's, it's funny. It's so cool. It's funny that you bring that up. And it's funny that they said that in, the, in this because I had like right here and there, I'll have a podcast. I was like, hey, if you could do mm-hmm. a, a random horror movie, what would you do? I right, right. Doing something similar to that on one of my episodes, and like that would be it. Ma- it would make more sense because it's like a revenge type of movie. Mm-hmm. It would make so much more sense. But right. either way, I enjoyed Candyman because I. Oh yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> well, that was the the thing they said about how it was it was really nice to see a, a guy be like the strong character, even though you know whatever. There's some problematic stuff about the whole type typecasting of the the black guy who's lusting after the white woman, and and he's the bad guy and whatever. But he also was like strong and and was fucking owning people too. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I liked it though because I looked I looked at it from a different perspective. Of, you know, not him going after the white people, but it's like mm-hmm. just in a ghetto bad neighborhood. Like it's like right. like a trap, and you're just killing each other. I kind of looked at it like that, and then yeah, yeah, you know. So it was it was I like both perspectives of it. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely a, a cool movie. I just thought it was funny because they brought that up, and again, not having that perspective, I would have never thought. Oh yeah, that would make more sense if they did that. But yeah. I just laughed because they were like, oh, you could tell that shit was written by a white guy. It's like, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> but, I mean, that was cool to see that they, they talked a lot about it, the voice being heard through filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Because, obviously, you know, it's one thing to be like, okay, well, we'll let, we'll let the guy be in the movie or the, or the woman be in the movie. But, like, I want to make a whole movie? I don't know. That seems risky. You know, and then you started to slowly see that trickle in to more and more people get chances to do it. And you know to the point of now where there's there's so much stuff being made by so many different men women everything you know and and it's it's really cool and all the way up to where something like get out gets nominated for awards and and stuff you know it's it's pretty incredible so i I agree with that jordan peele's freaking amazing with what he's doing yeah and to hear him talk about his movie too like he had pointed out stuff that i again wouldn't have have had rattle around in my head unless I heard someone else explain it to me the way that he explained it so but uh I mean it's just it's cool to see that you know people like you are are able to be in this this time where like you can recognize the stuff that has happened obviously and and I'm sure you've lived through some of that stuff but that also that things are, are being represented differently as well too and and that there's there's multiple sides to the story now it's not just one thing it's not like oh if you want to be in the movie you got to be the goofy comic relief or yeah, you got to be the 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 ghetto tough guy or whatever yeah. or you know yep it's it's just funny how, how life works though but this mm-hmm. movies i love it and as far as like as far as times like as far you know like i said i've been stopped by police and all that right i've never like i've never been arrested i've never been to in any type of legal trouble i've never been beaten by the police which is a great thing yeah right <laughs> and like i do feel like i was baited and i don't i don't even think this just happens to black people i think feel like some cops are just assholes and they'll just try to bait you to do when you're young yeah they, yeah you wouldn't say something absolutely and I, my father he would always tell me like listen if you ever get stopped by the cops just be calm mm-hmm. and just you know answer their questions do what they say and just go on about your day and i listen mm-hmm. to him so much because my father is 75 and he was okay. born in the south. He was born in North Carolina. Mm. So all the stuff that he's seen and lived through, where yeah, I'm sure I'm not saying that a lot of things have changed, but I feel like a lot of things are kind of going back a little bit. Right, so right. Way worse then. And like I'm, he just the, some of the stories he would tell me, like he would be just out minding his own business, like say if he's dating a white girl, people mm-hmm. try to kill him and all this stuff or just whatever. And I'm like, I've never had to live through that. So certain yeah. things that I that I would get mad over, like in my youth, not even about race, just in general. Mm-hmm. about what he told me i'm like this isn't even worth fighting over like he's been through hell <laughs> sure I'm, sure it's stupid you know stupid you know how guys are talking people talk shit when you're 17 18 you want the first thing you want to do is fight to right. prove yeah, what, yeah. what you're proving honestly now yeah absolutely well you uh have you always lived in new york i know you you live in kind yeah. of like central new york now right 
Yep, Schenectady, not too okay. far. Well, it's about three hours from the city, but yeah, I was born and raised here. Right. But I've been right. here my whole life. Where are you from? So, uh, I I live well near Buffalo. Like I live right between Buffalo and Niagara Falls. Okay. Uh, but I've I've basically lived here forever too. So nice. But uh, so at least at least where you are isn't really too bad you know it's not like yeah. definitely could have been stuck in a worse spot oh yeah for for you know the the history that your dad went through obviously and and some areas i'm sure probably are, are even worse than that so and the, uh, especially 75 years ago that was uh and the, the cool times were very different the thing that i i mean i love my father because he's a great person but the cool thing about my father is like he mm-hmm. from his father on because just imagine my dad's 70 something so my grandfather right so way back in the 80s but what he's seen because he was born in like the early 1900s mm-hmm. and he raised my father my aunts and uncles just as far as race goes my mother and my grandmother raised him the same way don't you know don't certain people are just there's good and bad people in all all colors don't you know because this this white man over here is treating you like this doesn't mean that this guy over here is going to treat you like that so don't yeah right right and i'm not saying that they would have a right to be racist because i don't think anybody does but i would I don't want to sound like an asshole, but I'd kind of understand it. If you're getting shit on your whole life by a certain yeah. group of people, you're gonna be like, "How can I trust anybody?" But right, right. Well, I think raised like that, I didn't. I wasn't raised like that. I didn't have to live through it. And then, like a lot of my family's mixed anyway. So, like, if I'm racist, I'd hate myself in a sense, which I feel everybody. <laughs> you're mixed with sure. Something. Yeah. Well, I think I think what you said about about understanding, not necessarily saying that you have the right to do that, but that you understand where that comes from. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big part of what has been missing for so long is, and, and still to a certain degree is a part of the problem is just being patient and, and having understanding with people. Yeah. And even if like, I've never had bad experience with any particular group of people, but I don't know, whatever, say I had some history where somebody in my family had been, you know, uh, whatever murdered by a group of Muslim people or something. And then now I hate Muslims because of that or something. Mm-hmm. And that's not taking the, the, and then, you know, if someone takes the time and patience and understanding to go like, Oh, look, I know that those people did that to your family, but that's not all people. And then you go, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. You know, and, and that I think goes a long way to where people don't want to have that patience. They just want to go right to the, I hate all Muslims. And then all Muslim people go, well, this guy's a fucking racist. And yeah, and it's just one big shit show. And unfortunately, there's there's no there's no reason to be patient with some people like you said it's like you just you just done with them like you don't you know i'm not going to be patient with someone that is is already being a racist and obviously isn't going to change their mind about something and i'm i'm the same way like i don't care what i don't care what color you're, you can be black and be racist towards whites i have some right. great friends that are like family that are white so like i don't i don't need that kind of energy around me because it's just negativity you take that somewhere right right and yeah yeah I'll, I make race jokes and stuff like that all the time because I find they're hilarious. There's a time, <laughs> sure, obviously, and you yeah, with the people. Which I will say this, like at my old jobs or something, or like when we have, say, like somebody new come, mm-hmm. not brand new, but kind of newish, just like in the friend group. That's right. right. I'll always tell the most messed up race joke just to watch them, and I'll yes, yeah, laugh. and a lot of times they'll just sit there, turn red. Out yeah, right. Dying, and the the white kids that do really know me, they'll be like, "Aaron, you're a fucking asshole." Don't right. let along. I'm like, "Look, it's cool." Sure, sure. Yeah, well, that's you know, I I grew up like I didn't know any black kids at all until I didn't really know any other race of of kids until like high school was the first time that really I was exposed to anything because I I was in like the suburb that's in between the two cities. Mm-hmm. That's all just like middle class, you know, working class white people that live around there at the time. And so, 
we would we would do the same thing where we would hear these different racist jokes and, and not just black but all kinds of racist jokes and inappropriate you know gay jokes and whatever and we would say all this really horrible offensive shit that if at the time we had social media would have probably ruined us for the rest of our life because we would have yep. posted it but you know we would say these horrible things and i look back on it now and, and feel bad about the fact that we would t tell these jokes where we would say all these these horrible things and stuff and go like but we didn't you know we didn't know anybody that was not yeah we would just hear a joke from someone else or on tv or something or whatever and just be like, oh, that's funny as shit, you know, and just go off of the little bit that we knew about people and not realize that it was actually Offensive. something something hurtful. Yeah, yeah. I see. Though, if if I know it's a joke and it's somebody I'm comfortable with, it doesn't right. bother me at all because you can kind of tell by the way they deliver. You can tell by their intent that it's not crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I hear. The other thing, I'm glad you mentioned the whole social media thing as kids because I know I just said a lot of dumb stuff and done a lot of <laughs> media as a, to an extent though because I feel like sure, our yeah. would be like okay we're telling on ourselves when we're doing certain things because I look at it like you don't want your yeah. friends hearing you talking like this or doing this so why am I exactly yeah yeah see it right that's why I feel like I wouldn't do too much but what I was getting at was with the social media that kind of bothers me and this goes with everybody I don't care what color race gender you are certain things I'll bring up the Kevin Hart thing the you know the whole Grammy thing how I got in mm -hmm. trouble for that. If it's 10 yes, years yeah. old or older or whatever, people grow. People grow every single day. So it's like, why are you going to pull something I did? That'd be like that somebody pulling something or a joke I said or just something I did or said. I'm 33 now that when I was like 17, 18. Yes. Obviously, I've grown since I was a kid then. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> child then. So it's like you kind of grow. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guarantee that I would have said things. Oh, I that that would have that would have been very bad for people to find out. I still do. I just don't record it. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Or tweet it out there. I think that's one thing people need to do is stop tweeting, Facebooking, and Instagramming with emotions. Absolutely. I yeah. Jokes, but it's like don't like quick, quick, real, real quick thing since we're on the whole race thing. Like Liam Neeson. Sure. The whole you heard the thing with him the other day. Yeah, I, I do. I do remember hearing something about that. I'm not even that mad at him. I mean, I'm not mad at him at all. I kind of understand where he's coming from. His friend got raped by someone black. I do feel he did go the extra. He should. What he should have said was, "I want to kill that person." If anything, instead of, you know, I was hoping to run into somebody black and this, that, and the third. That was just too much. That was stupid. Right, right. One, and then two, why would you, if no if no one heard you ever say that, why would you come out and say it, especially in this time or era where everybody's so... I know, right. Everybody's so... Um, yeah. Real easy. It's like, why would you even just come out and just say that? That's that's stupid. Sure, sure. Well, and I think it's, it's a time where people are being more sensitive, but it's also a time where people are generally trying to be smarter and more self-conscious as well yeah whether whether it's because they don't want to get in trouble or because they don't want to seem ignorant or, or hurt people's feelings you know and that's something that i've i've tried to collect correct a lot of my language like i won't say certain gay slurs that i used to say just just casually that not even mean a gay slur but you know like like yeah. the f word or like uh, stuff like that and and i've tried to correct a lot of those things in my own language and i i get that whatever he had these these negative feelings about something but at the same time everyone's trying to be better and so why why like bring up something that yeah. makes you seem worse you know i, I agree it, just, it seems very stupid to me and then i mean as far as certain jokes like race jokes gay jokes and stuff like that i they, that stuff still doesn't bother me again to an extent depending on the right. and how it's delivered and all that but it's just like don't make i, I guess you have to say don't make it like you're everything Sure, if, sure, yeah. If that's your go-to. That's all you can do to make people laugh. You need to, you need to right. do something else. Uh, I guess while, while we're talking about jokes, uh, we could have a little fun with that, I think. Okay. Um, since I don't really know any black people and, and you are 
one of my very few friends <laughs> at this point now that are, are uh, that are not like me. Um, what would be some kind of fun, some, some fun sort of like uh, stereotypes that you could actually verify are true about people? Well, I'll speak for myself. Stuff, I, stuff that I will love... joke, people would joke about and, and that you would say, oh, they're actually right about that. Okay. This <laughs> is a great flavored beverage. Mixed with okay. Cream. I love great flavored beverages. I love fried okay. chicken, but who doesn't? I love water. Oh, sure, sure. I love Sure. Well, let me rephrase this. My wife is thick, so I love my wife, but I like to look at thick women. <laughs> um, I can't dance, I can't rap, I can't sing, so I podcast. Sure, sure. <laughs> I so am, that one's busted. Yep, that one's busted very bad. Um, that's all right. I can't dance either. So yeah, but that's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not supposed to. That's kind of expected. Uh, I can't. I'm not a boxer. I'm not into boxing. Like you know that. I don't know if that's a stereotype or not. Sure, sure. I do love. Don't, don't necessarily like fighting. <laughs> I, well, as far as like like I love watching MMA. I love. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, I'm into drag racing. I love it. I've been into that since I was. My father got me into that since I was a kid, mm -hmm. which is a cool thing because you're starting to see more and more minorities, black, Spanish, everything into that nowadays. Versus, sure, sure. You know, back in the day, you think it's just a white sport. Huh. I'm trying to get some other black things. <laughs> That's all right. I think we got a, a pretty good idea. But yeah, I just. I love collard greens, music. I, I like to have a good time. I'm one of those people, though, like, since I was... Right, I, I love all those things, too, so... See? <laughs> since I was little, though, I was lucky enough to be, like, where I where I was brought up. I was around different races. Like, one of my mm -hmm. one of my best friends is actually white. We're, um... Okay. We're a few months... Like, our mothers are pregnant at the same exact time, so we're only a few months apart, and he's, like, my... Sure. Like, I call him my brother, and I yeah, yeah. think for him and vice versa. That's just how I am. Right. I was lucky, enough, but I was lucky enough to grow around, grow up around different races and different cultures, where right, I, right. I never really, I'm not gonna say I never really seen race, but I never, especially as a kid, I never really thought about it. I was just like, oh, I'm going to play with, right. you know what I mean? I'm going to play with him. He's sure, sure, yeah. Whether he looks like me or not, I didn't care, but right. I do, I do kind of understand where you, I do understand where you're coming from. Where you're just around one race, your own race all the time, and it's just that's all you know. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And I, I wasn't like my parents weren't weren't racist or like I didn't grow up around that. Like I'm sure it was in my neighborhood. I'm sure some of my friends' parents were, mm -hmm. but it wasn't a part of my household. Yeah. So it was never like oh we're afraid of of anyone in particular. You know, it wasn't it, we're, everyone was always tolerated and accepted and 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 a part of of the world. It was just that they weren't around me. So. Mm -hmm. You know, even I mean, to to uh, even a further extent, I'm sure it was probably a lot longer before I knew anyone who was gay or at least openly gay. Yep, same you here. Know, but that was but that was uh, I mean, I graduated high school in '97, and I would say I probably didn't know anybody that was openly gay until after high school. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> I also went to a Catholic high school, so okay, there probably was a lot of a lot of people that were that were just hiding it. So. Yeah, <laughs> but okay. uh, you know, it was just the way that it was for sure. While we're still on this topic, what are some um what are some white stereotypes? I know you got now. Is this do you guys all like love cheese? Um, <laughs> I would say cheese is definitely popular, but also being lactose intolerant is popular too. Uh, that's in it's the black. Hey, that's with us too. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see. Uh, let's think of some good white ones. I know a lot of white people like coffee. I think that's a stereotype. Yeah. That uh, that all all white people like coffee. I've heard is one. <laughs> um, Do you use seasoning on your food? <laughs> uh, like salt and pepper. But I'm not. Uh, I'm I'm more of a condiments guy than a seasoning guy. Yeah. Like I like to put like different 
types of mustards or hot sauces or whatever on stuff or you got point. I have, I have like a whole assortment of mustard and hot sauce in my refrigerator like a whole door full of it you got points so, for the hot sauce you put yeah. <laughs> all that's that's white <laughs> yeah um <laughs> i'm trying to think of other ones i mean you know the the i would say a lot of white people i know for sure are are um like allergic to everything or sensitive to everything or um like environmentally so like everyone i know has some kind of allergy or some kind of illness or mm -hmm. we're all like dying of something there's not a lot of toughness i feel like <laughs> everyone's got a problem for with something so um not a lot of good dancing yeah uh too much cheap beer drinking i don't know <laughs> a, a lot of white people are stuck on old music like i know people that are younger than me that are like oh i love acdc and and, sh and i'm like <laughs> I'm like that shit's old to me, and I'm I'm ten years younger than you. What the hell are you talking about? See now with that with the music thing, I do get just because, like I said, I like I love jazz music too, which I didn't mention, but I love a lot. Of, I love beat mm -hmm. and hip hop the most. Right. And, like I'll, not every single one of these new rappers that come out, I can't say mm -hmm. they're all bad. Now, no, I won't say bad. They're not for me. But I just right. like I feel like my parents now. Remember how when we were kids, like turn that shit off. What is this? Yeah, yeah. Listening to now. I'm oh yeah, yeah. Same thing. What the hell am I listening? I don't even know what he's saying. I know. Yeah, my kid tries to put stuff on in the car, and, and he listens to all that modern kind of mumbly uh, auto tune rap stuff. Yeah, and I'm. He I puts just, it on. And he's like, "Oh, check this one out, Dad. This would be a good song for for your running playlist." And it's just like the most boring, uh, Ill, illegible mm -hmm. nonsense. I'm like, I would fall asleep running to this music, Cal. This is terrible. Yeah. And like <laughs> some of the some of the nonsense songs that came up in our era, and that some of the ones that come up in this era, I do like. But I do like the songs a lot more that have like a message to them. It's sure, sure. So much I can listen to that all day. Well, I lied because I listen to podcasts more now. But that's just because right, right. I'm a podcaster myself. So yeah, I I like a lot of I try to I try to explore new music often enough. Like I. I um, have the the paid Spotify account, and then we, mm -hmm. we you get like this the recommended like oh these are all bands that you might like, and I listen to a lot of like metal stuff. So Spotify recognizes when I like an, one metal band, then they recommend a bunch of other stuff, and most of it ends up being stuff I don't like. But you know you find one out of every like twenty that you like, so it's yep. like oh cool I found a new band. But uh, it's it's just like with podcasting, you got to just take a chance and you give it a listen, and you go that's oh, no, not my not for me. Yeah. You know? I feel like I've been more successful listening to podcasts though nowadays than music. Like, there's a lot of podcasts I can sure, really sure. listen to. I'm like, yeah, this is real interesting. Yeah, well, there's only so many music notes, but there's True. so many different things that you can talk about, you know. True. So, but uh, I, I am the same way. I mostly listen to podcasting all day at work, but I do like work with my hands. So I'm just walking around with with earbuds, listening to work to to podcasts while I'm working all day. So, but um, yeah, I can't think of too many. Stereotypes. I'm sure if I went through a list, I could probably verify most of them. But uh, I, I do make a lot. Hard. I do make a lot of white people joke because I work with a bunch of white people at my job. Sure, sure. Like the white guys, I'm I'm cool with them. So like the other day, the alarm went off <laughs> out of nowhere, and this um somebody came to my desk. She was black. I was like, listen. I was like, the alarm just went off out of nowhere. I was like, you need to watch these white guys. I was because like, you know when they get upset, they just start shooting stuff. I was like, so let's be careful. <laughs> I think like, this is the ones we're going to be cool with and be friends with. And I'll, I'll yeah. around with them. Like, listen, I'll go up to one of my friends. Like, listen, if you're going to have a bad day, just give me a heads up so I know not to come into work tomorrow. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just, you know, just let me know. Like, okay, I got yeah. it. Don't worry. But I think, uh, 
I think Dane Cook had a joke about like always being nice to the guy that you think is going to shoot up the office. Mm -hmm. Give him a Snickers bar once in a while and stuff like to be his buddy. Yep. <laughs> it's you know what's funny about that going into the whole stereotype thing though because I, again I'm not trying to make light of these type of shootings but that's who you usually look same with serial killers you kind of look at the white guy. Oh yeah yeah. And as far Absolutely. as like the thug somebody robbing somebody look at us airports you already know. <laughs> oh yeah yeah. And like Definitely. I like I I work with a guy. He's, he's from Pakistan, so I'll make he and he sits by the window, so I'll go to him every day. We'll me and him go back and forth with each other every day. I'm like, listen, if there's a plane coming towards this building, can you just give me a heads up so I can get out? He's like, don't. He's like, don't worry, I'm the top guy. They know not to hit this building. <laughs> it's just like I know you should joke about that stuff to an extent. Yeah. At the same time, I just like to make light of certain situations and like racial mm -hmm. people that are comfortable with it. You know yeah. I mean? Well, so, that's. Yeah, the best comedy comes from trying to make something funny that shouldn't be funny. Yeah. You know, and that's that's really That's what comics do. <laughs> right, right. Uh what do you, what do you think about as far as like the 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 horror community in general like has have you noticed a shift in the the fan base like being more diverse, like seeing more more women, more um you know, more people of color and mm -hmm. and more people with like different um, sexual preferences and, and all that kind of stuff. Like I feel like just in the few years that I've really been paying a lot of attention that it just kind of keeps growing a lot too. I don't know if you kind of have that same feeling. I actually agree with you a million percent. Mm -hmm. And I'll say even more so from, I started going to these cons maybe about six or seven years ago. And you just, you see everything you see as far as the sexual orientation, you see guys with guys, girls with girls, girls with girls, black with white, white with black and all, all the mixtures of things. Right, right. And it's just like a beautiful gathering and everybody's there just to have a good time, talk horror, get autographs, buy some cool shit and talk more horror. And mm -hmm. that's it. And I see it. And then between that and then with the podcast, I see it even more because I, as you know, I've had I've had male, you know, men and women on my podcast plenty of times. Mm -hmm. And it's just cool seeing more and more people of all different races and genders and all that stuff. Right, right. Coming together for horror, which I really feel like out of a lot of things that I'm interested in, horror is like one of the nicest communities in the world. And it, it's yeah, yeah. funny because when when people who I'll say when people who aren't really in the horror, they all they think of is like the bloodiness and the killing. And they're like, you guys are crazy. You watch this. Yeah, like mean Look. shit. Right. Like, I'm like, look, this is what keeps us calm. You don't want us out there doing this shit, so we just watch it in a movie. Sure, so yeah. It looks cool. But, yeah, I do see a lot of that togetherness with horror. Mm -hmm. It's just, like I said, it's an amazing thing. Like, I started my podcast. I made some cool friends off of this podcast. And mm -hmm. it's, I love it. It's beautiful. Yeah, I, I feel like it's one of the more, one of the more, like, open kind of communities as far as fandom. Mm -hmm. And not that, like, I don't know. I, I know some people that are big, like Star Wars or big Marvel fans or whatever, and I'm sure that all of those cons don't have necessarily a judgment of people per se. But I don't feel like it draws the same attention. Like you, like with with horror, it's not just people's girlfriends getting dragged to the cons, or it's not just you know, oh, I'm gonna bring my my whatever friend, my my black friend with me mm -hmm. with like four white guys, like like the people are actually drawn into this this genre and this community. They yeah. want to be there. A great and, uh, it's uh my wife she loves going to these like we went to mm -hmm. she went she came to scarecon for the first time last year with me we stayed out there for the weekend she helped me with the podcast but she had a great time she loved it right and, like she's i'm not gonna say she's not a people person i'm more of the people person than she is but she's getting so much better with that but i was proud of her mm -hmm. at this because like 
if I had to step away from the table or from, you know, if I, I had to step away from the table for certain things, she'll sit at the table, people right. come to the table and she'll just like answer questions. She'll engage. She would engage with people a lot because like sure, sure. she's not snobby. It's just like she just doesn't want a lot of people, a lot of people in, you know, right, right. Look you over and all that. But like a lot of times she would just like kind of not ignore people, but she wouldn't really try to engage. She would do whatever she can not to engage. But in this, she was like really engaging, just had a friendly right, face right. on. We, you have a girlfriend, I'm sure. Yes, yeah. Women can put that that mean that mean look on and just like, yeah. oh, I'm not even going to walk by her. I'm No. Right, right. She just like has, you know, she was just real welcoming, which it helps. And so, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's cool. Or she loves horror too, which yeah. make it, I, I didn't drag her to these cons. She likes the Marvel stuff too. So I can go mm-hmm. to those Comic Cons too, but I do get what you're saying. Like some people just drag them along. Like, hey, come on, just come to this con with me. Yeah, it seems like the the actual love for it has such a diverse base. I mean, there's so many podcasts that are are just made specifically from like an LGBTQ perspective. Whether it's you know one or two or three of the hosts are mm-hmm. you know a member of that community and and they want to kind of represent their voice for it. And a lot of a lot of representation is just by like it's just a podcast and one of one of the people might be transgender or might be you know might be gay or whatever but i think that there everyone is drawn to this this weird kind of niche genre that is that is so it's like the the biggest niche in the world kind of thing you know yeah <laughs> where it's it's exclusive but it's not and it it covers so many things and includes so many people because there's something in horror for everybody. I feel like there's comedy, okay. there's there's emotion, there's character depth, there's there's really really sad stuff, there's really violent stuff, there's really mean stuff, there's really mild stuff. You know, there's there's something that everyone can appreciate to some degree. I feel like, and as we saw from the documentary too, it's it's always had some representation. There's always been some cool guy like George Romero to just go, hey, I'm just gonna hire Dwayne Jones for this movie because he was the best actor that showed up that day, and not because he was a black guy. See, you know. And that's I love stuff like that. Like just right. get this role or you get this because you're the best at it. And that's right, right. Should be across the board for everything. But right, right. It's and I, it, some stuff, but still not. Oh a, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, so so, as as this is actually Black History Month here, that I wanted to kind of have you come on to talk about that. Do you do you have any like I guess what what's your connection to the the culture? Like, do you try to kind of have not like a like a like an activist or like some some major voice for the community or something but do you try to sort of have a little bit of remembrance or or um just reverence i guess for for the the month or obviously every month it's important to you but what is what does it mean to you to have like a black history month or or to to your your immediate view of the the culture honestly i don't really do too much just because i just look at it as another day in a sense i mean i think it's cool and i think the reason i look at it like that is because like for example, the schools that I went to around here, you really didn't learn too much about black history. You right. a little bit you learn the basics, you learn about you learn about people being taken from a country and then enslaved. Well, they don't mm-hmm. say the way you learn it in the books is they took slaves from Africa, but they really took people from Africa and enslaved them. Right. But like I really I'll like the conversation like these type of conversations we're having now, I'll do these all year round. I won't just wait till February to have these conversations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um I'm open to them, and I re- I'm happy, and I, res- I respect you a lot for having me on for these type of, you know, not just for this, but you're sure, sure, you're comfortable enough talking about, it, I should say, because some people will yeah, st- yeah. steer away from it and just kind of not want to hear about it because they feel, I don't know if it's like they, I don't know what they feel, I don't know if they feel like their way is the right way. 
for example, like say if you're they're a Trump supporter, if they feel like, okay, well, I'm a Trump supporter, so there's no way in hell I'm gonna get along with them, which I have some great friends that support Trump and that doesn't we don't even talk politics just because right. I just feel you can't, right? <laughs> not, not that you can't, but it's just like I don't know. I remember I remember growing up in the times where people really didn't talk politics too much. It was kind of like private. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because the whole social media thing is like out in the... I mean, we have a president that's on freaking Twitter every day. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like three in the morning. <laughs> like, don't you have right. important things to do with and tweet people? But, yeah. yeah. Talking shit about Saturday Night Live at two in the morning. Yeah. But like, <laughs> oh, man, that guy. But yeah, like, I, <laughs> as far as that goes, like, I, I do think Black History Month is important. I think it's very important. But okay. at the same time, like, I feel like it should be, I feel like everybody's history should be told all year round. It shouldn't take, like, yeah, yeah. it shouldn't be scrunched in in 28 or 29 days where you hear the same mm-hmm. stories you hear every single year. You should be able to hear more, which at my job, actually, they had, I don't know if they're doing it this year, but last year they had, like, a, they have, like, a diversity thing for Italian, Spanish, black heritage, all this. Oh, cool. And the, it'll be, like, an hour long. And you're allowed to go. You're allowed to go to the whole thing. You don't have to like charge time or anything. I think it's awesome. Right. The first time I went to it, I went to I think it was a Spanish one, I believe, or Italian. And I honestly, okay. I'll be honest. I only went down there for the food, but I stayed for the whole thing. I was like, <laughs> I was like, anytime they do this, I'm coming to this because this is just awesome. Learning about other heritages and then learning more about Black history. Yeah. Right. Just Spanish. Just anything in general. Like I'm. I'm a document. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm a documentary type of guy. Like I, I love documentaries. I usually just watch like the mafia type ones and all that. But I watch any type of documentary just to get that information. Okay. And I watch like I watch the violent ones, like the gang ones, the mafias and mobs. Just not because that's something I want to do. I don't want to make a career change. But it's like <laughs> kind of like why are people doing? You know what I mean? Like why? Yeah, right, why right. are you doing this? Yeah, uh, I think uh, the 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 stuff like a uh, Black History Month or whatever is. Mm-hmm. Is done more for people like me, obviously, because then it, it presents the the idea of like, hey, do you want to learn some more about this thing that you maybe don't know so much about? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think that's where it, it almost, in a way, I don't want to say it means more to 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 me personally, but that it, it means something to me that they do something like that just to, I guess, kind of point it out. Yeah. Because it, ideally, you know, it should be like every month you should try to Learned. observe observe something from like all these different things but obviously you just get kind of caught up in trying to be entertained with whatever it is that's in front of you too so mm-hmm. when that opportunity presents itself where it's like oh well this is a certain time of year remember this thing and think about that and you go oh yeah i want to check some stuff out you know so i think it means a lot to people like me or just you know anyone that that, that wants to know things outside of their own immediate periphery which so. I think it's an amazing thing, honestly. Like I'll listen, I I love listening to your podcast. I love how the diversity you guys have on it, and I just think, sure, I think it's a beautiful thing, and I think it's cool how you're not afraid to like ask certain questions, like reach out, like how you reached out to me, yeah, yeah, reach out to the females, and you know, you mm-hmm. transgendered, gay, whatever, instead right. of just like staying in this sheltered box, like okay, well. Not even, yeah. not even that, but like not being afraid. Like, hey, if I ask him, will he come on this episode and talk a little, you know, of black movies, this, that, and the third? Is he going to be offended by that? You're just right, right. Which I feel people need to stop being offended by that. But I also feel people need to stop being offended by that because I feel like, <laughs> right. I'm just speaking for myself. Like, as far as being black, I want people to be more comfortable to ask me certain questions of like why this and why that. Not yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, right. 
not why every well, you know you watch a BET movie or you see something on the news like why are these guys. I'm like I don't know why they're in a gang. You gotta ask them. That's that's not right. <laughs> black. That's sure, sure. Because that'd be yeah. me saying like, hey, why is this guy in the clan? Like, right. And you'll be like, I have no fucking idea. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. His brother. Something about the Bible. I don't know. His parents are siblings. You know, it just happens like that. I don't know. Yeah. Absolutely. No, it's. Um, I appreciate you saying that. It's. It's always something that has been interesting to me that as long as, you know, like we were talking a little before the show about getting on social media and, and having your world grow mm-hmm. to outside of where you live and, and you, know, you find a common thread with people and then you just start tugging at that thread and see what, what they like that you like and you go, oh, this guy likes the same thing as me and he lives in Australia and this guy lives in Iceland and this guy lives, you know, a few a few hours away upstate new york from me and and you know what i mean so yeah you find these people from all over that have the same interest in you and you realize that um that everyone likes the same shit basically you know yeah. so yeah and and i i always do try to be respectful when i ask somebody to come on just because i don't i guess i don't want to feel like i'm i'm exploiting somebody for what they are and, and to some degree like exploiting seems a little bit harsh to say but Not, like when i had when i had crystal come on to talk about the the bad relationship movie she picked the theme but before i said you know i really want to cover this movie revenge but i don't know that much about you so i don't want to be like hey do you want to come on and cover this rape revenge movie and maybe she has some sort of trauma or some sort of strong feelings about rape in movies and i'm like don't want to just spring that on you and she was like no i really appreciate you asking and whatever i just try and think of things of like i I think it's it's when you say about people need to not be offended but i think if you take a few extra steps to try not to offend people it it makes things a lot easier too you know and if if people are being offended about the past that's one thing you can't really do anything about what you already said but Mm -hmm. but you know work on the future no i agree with you but what i meant by that was like sometimes i feel people try to put up a defense and try to be offended Mm -hmm. by things not necessarily Mm -hmm. said something offensive it's just oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's true too (laughs) try to just pick certain things just to be pissed off about or just to rant about and yes yeah yeah. post it on social media i'm like you you can't always that's just stupid just listen to what the person's gonna say if they say something messed up let them know. Like I'm the type of person. If you say something messed up to me, I'm gonna say, "Listen, this is how I feel about it." I'm not gonna pass <laughs> yeah. it all over the place and shit. Because either that person really feels that way, or they just don't know how to word it, or in their mind they said. Sometimes you 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 try to say things, it just doesn't come out right. So in your right. mind you have it saying like this, but when you say the actual word, so it's like you got to kind of feel it out, talk to the person, and then you know go from there. Right. Right. Yeah, I think uh, Joe Joe Rogan refers to that as recreational outrage, <laughs> yeah. like people that just try to find something to be mad about because they think it would be fun to be mad. Yeah, post online about how they're pissed off, and, you know, get people all fired up on Twitter or whatever. And then the climate we live in nowadays, it's every day you hear something. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, this is getting annoying. Every sure, day. sure. Yeah, that's a tough one for sure. But you know, it's nice to be able to exist in a community where that doesn't happen so much, and we can just kind of. Yeah. talk about things and then if there is something then we can say like if something comes up then I can reach out to you or you can reach out to whoever and, and mm-hmm. say like hey you know what what is this what do you feel about this kind of thing you know yeah, um, yeah. what uh, as far as for the the future of of representation in movies like do you feel like there's a certain path that things are, are on like is there something you'd like to see something that you wouldn't like to see as far as you know representation of of people of color in movies um as far as what i'd like to see like i was saying a little earlier with horror i would love to see again not a copy of jason Voorhees, but you know the villain 
be okay, yeah. a serious villain, being a black villain. And it doesn't have to sure. be in the ghetto either. It can be wherever, but just something right. that would be awesome. Also, a final a final girl, black woman, or final guy would be cool once in a while, which is sure. happening here and there more and more. And more. Right, or yeah. just not, even if they don't survive, just not that typical jokey, goofy character. Mm-hmm. So more serious character. Yeah, more depth. More yeah, more depth. Mm-hmm. And you don't always have to go save the white girl in distress. Let her boyfriend save her. <laughs> sure, sure, yeah, yeah. You have to be the hero, but I don't, I don't mind it to an extent. I, you know, it's it's cool, but that's like as far as horror goes, that's like the main thing. Just you know, more serious roles. I would love to see, which I know Jordan Peele's working on another Candyman or a reboot or something. I would love to see how what he does with that. Yeah, right. That's huge. Yeah. It would be cool if. Uh, Instead of haunting the projects that he goes and haunts a bunch of red hat wearing motherfuckers. Which, you know, it's that <laughs> because when I heard that in a documentary and then when you brought it up a little while ago, I was thinking, I'm like, okay, wait, Jordan Peele's doing another movie. Maybe he right. will switch it up like that, which would be really cool. Sure, yeah, yeah, definitely. My question to you is, would a movie like that bother you? Because I know, I know with not with everybody, but I know with some people, and this is black or white, just because the story would change. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, why did they change the movie to, you know what I mean? Why did they make it race based to an extent, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily mind when they, like, I'm not a big anti remake person. Mark, Marco is more of the against remake stuff more so than me. And he's gotten better about accepting it, but. I don't necessarily have a problem with when they change things like this new Chucky movie that's coming mm. and they're changing it to where he's not a, a voodoo doll, but he's a, a, a robot gone bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. But a programming error, at least is what they're making it seem like. Like to me, that doesn't bother me. Um, I think when they remake these movies, it's nice because it refreshes the... The, the the property the franchise mm-hmm. and then people will go back and see the other ones that maybe hadn't or hadn't seen them in a long time mm-hmm. um the only thing i don't like is when they when they do it badly obviously or they the, like they went through that whole period of doing the the super sexy hollywood remakes of stuff where they just put in like every asshole that was on the wb and and you know made these movies like all hot people that were you know from tv and and like these sex symbols and there were so-so actors and they put way too much style into the movies and that was kind of corny to me like i like regular people in movies i'm that right there is like up there or even higher honestly than the whole thing i was just saying about the black thing stop putting pretty boys in every damn horror movie. i know right, right. they're not that damn brave you got to get us yeah the rugged looking ones like us the regular looking dudes yeah, yeah. Real heroes. <laughs> we're gonna go oh yeah yeah save you or at least try to <laughs> Well, and, and it's more common that there is is more normal people too, you know. Yeah. It's not like how often is it like all that all those good people together at once? Yeah, like, it's like eighty of them in this movie. I'm like, all right. Yeah. This is just ridiculous. That's <laughs> not yeah. everybody that looks like Channing Tatum and um, oh, I can't even Tay Diggs in these damn movies. Get them out. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the the remake thing doesn't bother me so much because it refreshes the franchise to, mm. to give it new life a little bit. Uh, the only thing I hate is when they they kind of start something and then they aren't allowed to keep it going. But I understand that it's it's money based stuff where when they had some kind of storyline like that's the one thing that does bum me out about Chucky. But supposedly it's going to live on was that I actually really liked the last two movies that they did the the I... cult and curse movies or curse and then cult. Uh, and, and like I wanted to see that storyline keep going, which I guess they're going to do a TV show that will continue with that storyline now. That'll be interesting right there. So, yeah. So that's the only thing that would bother me is I'm like, oh, well, I just want another movie where they keep the storyline going. Now, with with the um on the Child's Play movies, aren't they doing two new movies, too? Like the original 
director and creators are doing one and then these other people are doing the one with the robot chucky well i think the original people i think are doing this this like fx show or something or or sci-fi or something somebody picked it up that it's going to be like a mini series thing instead or something so all right that's that'll be good i wish it was on netflix so they can get away with more but it'll be interesting yeah i heard that it was still gonna like have swearing and stuff like it there'll be like the tv version and then the not tv version but okay, all right you know it'll probably be they'll they'll probably choke the budget down on it a little bit and it won't be quite as good but they'll keep the story going they'll pad it out a little longer give you some more story behind the yeah the, the family history and stuff that they started to kind of establish there but uh yeah that would be the only thing that really bothers me is when they when they just can something but mm-hmm. i don't mind if they remake stuff some of the stuff has been great that they've done too so oh yeah i I'm a sucker for, I love remakes and I mean, it's just a matter of if they're done well or not, but I'm never going to say no to a remake. You're like, Hey, show your PM. I'm going to watch it. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Uh, so the, uh, what's the future of your podcast here? I know you kind of just do like a once a week show, right? And you're just gonna, well, I've been kind of keep mixing it up with different types of shows and, and keep it going once a week for now. Yeah. Well, I do now, anytime that I can, I try to drop two shows a week and I record Saturday, like most of the time I record at 11 o'clock at night Saturday on, you know, East Coast time. But I will. There is times I record at like around three or four on Saturdays and Sundays. I'll try to record around no later than like five or six, I'll say. So, But I do try to record about two times a weekend. I only do that because life happens. There's going to be a time where I'm not going to be able to record at all for a weekend. So I'm like, I can at least have content going out there. Like right now, I think I have... I got to get more episodes from my brother, but I think like at home right now, I have about five or six episodes that are ready to be dropped. And then I sent him about five or, you know, but he has about five or six, I believe okay. maybe less, but I try nice. to keep, you know, a big, just again, if I, there's a time I can't record, I can set it up and have these episodes drop for a month yeah, yeah. say, and I'm still good. Oh, that's smart. But as far as the future of the podcast, I kind of, I don't really want to change too much about it. If anything, I, just I love having the random people on and my few co-hosts and just meeting new people and having a good time, good laughs with it. Sure. And the cool thing about it is I've had I've gotten emails and stuff like that here and there, and people are just like, I love the energy on your podcast. You guys sound like you're having a great time. And mm-hmm. I just I, they love how free it is, I guess. And I just right. you know, I want to just keep it that way. I want people to come on and be comfortable. I've had people come on. Those they'll email me and say like, Hey, um, I'll invite them on. Like, yeah, I would love to come on, but I'm just too shy. Da 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 da. So what mm-hmm. I'll do, again, like how we were earlier, I'll talk to them on Skype for five, ten minutes, sometimes a little longer. Sometimes it'll just be me and them. If it's just me and them recording, it'll be me and them or mm-hmm. everybody. And even every episode I do, I rec- even if I record with people a hundred times, let's say, I'll still talk before we record, then we'll get in, record, yeah. and people are just like, wow, that was really, you know, after the episode, for the ones that are the first time, it's like, wow, that was real easy. I'm like, yeah, this is just how it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, It, it becomes very natural when you, when you do it. Mm-hmm often and then the having different people all the time helps that was the whole thing with with doing this kind of sub series to the other show was you know marco and i could talk over and over again but then to challenge myself and and be like okay i need to talk to different people you know i just do this like once a month basically and yeah bring different people on and talk about different things and just kind of get comfortable hosting in a different environment too so See, that's but, uh, with me, like I was all ever since I was a little kid. I think it's because, well, my father's kind of a people person. My mother was a people person. Right. She still kind of is. But I was always like a people person. And it's just yeah, yeah. like I'll be the person, say, if 
say if I see you in person hanging out, depending on the environment, say if we're at a horror con, I'll come up to you and just start talking about horror or whatever and just yeah. have a good time with it. Some people aren't like that. They have to be engaged. You know, I'm the person I can engage and start a conversation. Not everybody. Sure, can. yeah, yeah. And I just, I feel like this pl this platform right here definitely helps with that a lot. Definitely. Absolutely. Uh, do, do you, um, I know you were saying before that you really like to kind of explore the independent stuff and kind of promote smaller people. And that I, I'm sure that's going to be something you're going to kind of keep pushing with, uh, just, you know, meeting people that are doing kind of these grassroots mm -hmm. independent movies and, and kind of keep advocating for that type of stuff, which is cool. I, I, I try to do a lot of that myself and just kind of talk about the stuff that's not being talked about quite as much. Mm -hmm. To some degree, and, and some of the stuff, I guess, what gets a little bit mainstream that we talk about, but you can't help talk about some shit. So, oh yeah, I'm um, I'm honestly open to do any any type of horror movie. I'll, I'll, I'm open to do them, but it's like if I see somebody like right. I'm in a lot of horror groups. If I see somebody who's like I have a an indie film that keeps, I see them share it and share it and share it. I'll mm -hmm. I'll comment on them like, listen, hey, I have a I had not only do I have a podcast, you can come on, record with us, you know, promote your movie, talk some horror. You can also share it in my group, and then I have a um, which I'm gonna let you do too. Send you my send me your links. I have a page on my um my homepage for my my actual podcast, the Podbean page. It's called People right. Pages to check out, and just about everybody I recorded with, I let them share their. I get their links. I put their links on there, nice. and it's also easier for me for like you know like when you're you put the link in there after your show for like you know the mm -hmm. person's podcast. I just have to put that one link in there, and yeah, yeah plenty of podcasts youtube right, right and all that other stuff but it's just to help promote other people's things and i i just do it just to do it like i have other people's podcasts yeah. i've never even recorded with but i enjoy the podcast so i'm like why you know why not yeah yeah absolutely no it's it's good to uh just kind of help out your uh your, your friends too like that mm -hmm. and you know it makes you better friends with people too when you when you spend some time talking to them and yeah you get to know them like this and then you like anyone that I've had on any of my shows really. And then you go back and listen to their podcasts and you kind of feel a different energy when you listen to them after you've talked to them too. I feel like it's like, Oh, that's, that's my dude, you know, or that's, you know, it's my friend now. So, um, it's, it's a, it's a cool thing to kind of develop that. I, I agree. And, uh, I'm, I'm definitely more of a, a, a talker to the, to some extent, like it's hard in some environments, obviously to just kind of barge in and start talking to people. And, you know, like you said, certain environments, yeah, it just doesn't work, but, but I love just talking to different people too. And, and whatever, if we could find something in common to talk about, that's great. If not, then, you know, I'll just talk about myself. So <laughs> I'm saying, like, yeah, <laughs> like, Oh, you don't got much going on. Well, let me tell you all the stuff I got going on. Yep. But uh, no, that's cool. I, I I'm glad that we finally got a chance to do this and to kind of talk about some some serious stuff as well. And and we'll reconvene on your podcast in the future to talk about a uh, a semi serious topic in the uh, the first Purge movie, which I was interested. I heard you said you were interested in checking it out, and I was like, oh, that's perfect because it was actually shot a lot of it here in Buffalo. So oh, wow. I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna go back and watch it and kind of pick out some of the scenes and the the parts of when. I recognize Buffalo scenery in it. So. That's awesome. Yeah, honestly, um, this that movie was recommended to me by another podcast. Uh, what is it? What is it? Three Guys at Horror. Okay. I'll, I'm in their group, Joe's House of Horror, the Facebook group, and I listen to their podcast a lot too. And I'll I'll talk to those guys a lot. And one of the times, one of the guys was like, 
they would love they wish they did that movie and they were like we, we should have invited Sir Sturdy on here just to get his perspective of this movie <laughs> right and one of the guys hit me up he was like I would love to hear you know even if you just write something up or if you do a podcast I would love to hear what you think of this movie and I told him I would and this was right, six right. months ago so sure yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's about time for me to get on that yeah well we, we got that plan now it's in yep. the books so. it's in the books Excellent. Uh, all right. Well, this will come out before that one will, since you have like ten episodes ahead of that one coming out. So, <laughs> yeah. But uh, in the meantime, let everyone know where they can uh, keep up with your your social media, your podcast, and all that. Okay. Well, I'll start off with my Twitter real, quick, just because it's on the top of my head. And I remember the, the handle. Mm-hmm. It's hw underscore sir underscore sturdy. Anybody, just you know, send me a tweet, get at me, and you know, we can. Maybe you can come on the podcast, and if you would like to come on the podcast, shoot me an email at horrorwithsir.sturdy. Again, that's horrorwithsir.sturdy at gmail.com. I have a Facebook group, which the Facebook group, feel free to post anything horror-related. It's horrorwithsir.sturdy. I have a Facebook page, which is more for um, promoting the podcast, and that you know that kind of stuff, promoting the podcast. So, you know, that's not it's free. But you can right. come on there, like stuff and all that, and share. And then the, the platforms I'm on, as far as my podcast, I'm on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. I also go on Twitch every now and then with my brother. My Twitch name is horror underscore with underscore sir underscore sturdy. Nice. If you play PS4, sir underscore sturdy, and we just get on there, have a couple drinks. Have a, you know, the herbal rev, rev, whatever you want to call it. The herb- <laughs> herbal refreshments. There you go. Herbal refreshments and just have game, <laughs> horror games, whatever. And we don't take that serious at all. Yeah, right, right. But yeah, so you can find me on all those wonderful platforms. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, this was really cool. I am glad that we got to catch up a little bit here and get to know each other a little better. And I'm sure that uh, we definitely are going to talk more. I'm going to try and set up to have you come on to actually talk movies on, on one of the, the proper shows with the with marco and i sounds great and uh we'll we'll pick out something fun for that one and i definitely want you on mine not only yes yeah, yeah. purge but any anytime you or marco wants to come on or any of your listeners want to come on sure sure get in contact with me and we'll make it we'll make it happen absolutely perfect well yeah thank you for coming on and like always on these shows i will plug all of my stuff in the intro that i will record after this so i will just say thank you for listening and we'll see you next time Smoking weed in the street without cops harassing. Imagine going to court with no trial. Lifestyle cruising blue Bahama waters. No welfare supporters. More conscious of the way we raise our daughters. Days are shorter, nights are colder. Feeling like life is over. These snakes strike like a cobra. The world's hot, my son got knocked. Evidently, it's elementary. They want us all gone eventually. Trooping out of state for a plate. Knowledge, if coke was cooked without the garbage, we'd all have the top dollars. Imagine everybody flashing, fashion, designer clothes. Lacing your click up with diamonds. Rolls. Your people holding dough, no parole, no rubbers Going raw, imagine law with no undercovers Just some thoughts for the mind I take a glimpse into time, watch the blimp read, the world is mine If I rule the world, imagine that I free all my Last days until it is me.
paradise life relaxing. Black, Latino, and Anglo-Saxon. Amani exchange the range. Cast, lost, tribal, Shabazz. Free at last. Brand new whips to crash. Then we laugh in the illa path. The villa houses for the crew. How we do? Trees for breakfast. Dime sexes have been stretches. So many years of depression make me vision. The better living. Type of place to raise kids in. Opening eyes to the lies. History's told foul. But I'm as wise as the old owl. Plus the gold child. Seeing things like I was controlling. Click rolling. Tricking six digits on kicks and still holding trips to Paris. I civilize every savage. Give me one shot, I turn tripe life to lavish. Political prisoner, set free, stress free. No work release, purple M3s and jet skis. Feel the wind breeze in West Indies. I think Coretta Scott King, mayor of the cities and reverse things to Willies. It sound foul, but every girl I meet to go downtown. I'd open every cell in Attica, send them to Africa. Imagine that. Making moves in Atlanta, back and forth, scrambler. Cause you can have all the chips, be poor or rich. Still nobody want a nigga have a shit. If I rule the world and everything in it, sky's the limit. I push the Q45 infinite. It wouldn't be no such thing as jealousies or be felony. Strictly living longevity to the destiny. I thought I'd never see, but reality struck. Better find out before your time's out. What the fuck? If I rule the world, imagine that. I free all If I rule the world